Joshua chapter number 7, verses 10. I'm sorry, did I say 10 through 13? Yes. Verses 10 through 13. When you get there, you can say amen. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of something to that point. I like to know that people are around. I like to hear voices. Thank you. That's better. I know there's a few, but I like to hear the few that we have. Hallelujah. Verse number 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Those are pretty strong words, isn't it? You didn't know the Lord talked that way, did you? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. But they have eaten, they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us. Father God, we've come to get revelation, understanding, and wisdom from you. Now, Lord, I stand here, Lord God, as your servant, and so willing, Lord, to impart, Father, what you have given to me to share with the people. But, Lord, I pray that as I preach that they will see none of me and all of you. I pray, God, that you would move by your Holy Spirit and bring about in all of us a change for the better. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we have been in a series, and we have been talking about a fresh start. Uh, the first week we talked about in our series, we talked about the importance of forgetting the past and moving forward into your future. Uh, we began to understand that if we're going to be what God wants us to be, that we need to be able to bounce back sometimes when we fail, when we make bad choices, or when things happen that uh, we were not expecting. Sometimes we have trouble, there's travail. How many know that there's all kind of problems that are all, the, the enemy is always working to try and create confusion in your life and hardship. But we have to be able to get up, even when we fail, stand up and keep moving in God. Last week, we talked about, which was really interesting, the prodigal son. And uh, we really uh, talked about the heart of God and how this father treated his son is the same way that our God treats us when you and I fail and when we blow it miserably, that we can know that we can come back to God. And God is always there and he's always willing to embrace us. And, uh, and take us back in if we're willing to repent and acknowledge our sin. And now today we're going to deal with, I guess it's somewhat 
uh, a touchy subject, but how many know that um, there is no way that you can have a fresh start in life? And we're talking about a fresh start until we deal with the sin issue. Now, what do I mean by that? One of the things that I think is important to understand, and I know that we all are trumpets and we're trophies of God's grace, and we talk about God's grace, and, and, and all of us are amazed at his grace and how much he forgives us and, uh, you know, how much love he pours out into our lives. And, but the reality of it is, is that that same God that, that saved us by his grace is the same God that called us to be holy. He says, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He also said that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so there is, God has an expectation of each and every one of us to live according to his word and to walk in obedience to what he says. Because any disobedience to what God said is sin. Understand that. And sin has the capacity to ruin or to hinder the blessing that God wants to bring about in all of our lives. And that's important that we understand that because sometimes we want to gloss over sin. Sometimes you want to just kind of look up. You hear people say sometimes, well, you know, God understands I'm not perfect. I'm just human. And, you know, and every time I hear that, it bugs me because it sounds like to me that, that, that we're trying to give justification to continue in a particular lifestyle that we know God has called us out of. See, the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And you know why he came to destroy the works of the devil? Because the works of the devil will destroy us. And so though, though we're saved by his grace and we have been washed in his blood, we are still called to be obedient and to live a life that is reflective of his character. Now, I didn't, I didn't write this, give this to... Um, our media department, but I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 59. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit this morning as I was studying. Isaiah chapter number 59. And look at verses 1 through 3, if you will. Isaiah 59, verses 1 down to verse number 3. And it reads, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. What's interesting about that particular verse is that the people of God here was praying. They were seeking God and they're wanting to hear from God. And God was letting them know that the problem here is that there is a sin problem. What has caused there to be a separation? What has caused, and sometimes, you know, it seems like God is not hearing us when we pray. 
And sometimes one of the things that we need to get in the habit of doing, and I was sharing this with a brother this morning, is always examining our own hearts and saying, Lord, is there something going on with me? Lord, is there some reason that you're not listening? Because I can tell you that if there is unconfessed sin in your life, then it will hinder your capacity to be able to pray and have God respond on your behalf. And I think it's important to remember that. Because how many of you want God's, you want God's power? Amen. You want God to work on your behalf. You want to know that when you get on your knees and you pray, that God is hearing you. That God is taking care of those things that you care about. And that God is defeating the plots and the schemes of the enemy because how many know the enemy is always working behind the scenes to do whatever he can to ruin your life. And one of the things that we got to understand is what happens is, is God called us to holiness. And so now when we walk outside of God's umbrella of protection, you know, like when it rains outside and when you get a real good rain, how many know that, you know, if, if somebody got an umbrella and you get up under that umbrella when it's raining, you feel really good because you're not getting wet, especially ladies when you get your hair done. I mean, you really, you don't want to get, you don't want that rain to hit you. But boy, and, and I, I, I've done it with my wife, we'll go outside and it's raining. And every now and then I play with her. I, I said, baby, I'll move over this way a little bit. And she goes, oh, no, my hair. And she run over. You know, don't do that because she don't want to get soaked. Because there's protection underneath that umbrella, Right. There's, there's grace. There's a protection from the elements. And so when we move outside of what God has called us to, to, to be, then we leave ourselves exposed. Amen. And now the enemy has a clear shot at you because you're not where you're supposed to be. Now, let me say this. There are because here's, the, here's what we like to do as Christians. I'm talking about us, all of us as believers. We like to say, OK. We categorize our sins, right? I mean, we got the real bad sins. We got the not so bad sins. And then we got the, the little subtle sins, you know, the little ones. And, and so what we like to say is, boy, I might have a little problem here and there, but boy, I ain't doing that. I mean, everybody knows, you know, like, you know, murder is a sin. Oh, you bad, bad person. You molest somebody. Oh, terrible. We, we can call that out. But boy, we think little about lying. We think little about cheating on our taxes. We think little about stealing on the job. If you take a pencil that don't belong to you, you didn't get permission, you took that. We think little about those things because we say to ourselves, well, you know what, it, it really doesn't, it's not a big deal. But in actuality, it is a deal. It's a big deal because it's sin. And, and so, so, so we categorize and, and we say, okay, this is not that bad. That's not that bad. But understand, these little things that you think, because in God's eyes, a sin is sin. Now, the way he hands out the punishment will be different, but sin is still sin. And what we're saying is that sin will cause a separation. All of us want to be blessed, but we have to position ourselves to be blessed. We got, there are so many challenges out here. And I don't need to be worried about that God is not with me because I've moved. Now, now the Bible says he would never leave you nor forsake you. You all know that to be true. He never does. What happens is we, we leave him. That's what happens. We leave him by some of the things that we do. And so, you know, if, now let's talk about this issue of sin. Now, we, we, we all have these, uh, 
what we like to call, uh, or you know, he calls secret sins. Secret sin is that sin that, that you kind of think that nobody else knows about. Or that secret sin that perhaps somehow God is going to overlook that or he's just going to let that go. When the Bible says that everything that's done in the darkness will ultimately reveal itself. Doesn't matter what it is. Because God is a God of holiness. He's a God of righteousness. And he called us to live holy. The Bible says in Romans 6 verses 1 and 3. I think she has the verse. What then should we keep on sinning? So that God can show us more and more kindness and forgiveness. You know that there's some people that's perverted in their thinking that they believe. They won't say it. They believe that God's grace is a license for them to continue in a sinful lifestyle. Now, God's salvation is free. Understand that. But his blessings are conditional. Did, did, did you hear that? His salvation is free can't earn your way in. You don't, you, you're not that good. But once you come into the kingdom of God, his blessings then are conditional. Remember he said to the children of Israel, he said, if you obey me, if you do what I ask you to do, then here's what's going to happen. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be blessed coming in. You're going to be blessed going out. He said, if you obey me, you will, you will not be a borrower, but you're going to be a lender. So what he was saying is he was laying out the conditions for blessing and it's always tied to obedience. And so what we got to understand is the sin. And I'm not saying, listen, we're not talking this this morning to try to condemn anybody or make anybody feel bad, but to warn all of us that sin has consequences. And we cannot, listen, we cannot look at sin. We can't play with it. We got to stay away from it because it will separate us from God. It will hinder the move of God and destroy everything that God wants to do in your life and in my life. And we got to love each other enough in the body of Christ to say, look, brother or sister, I can't let you do this. Look, brother, sister, we, we, you know, we, we're going to hold you accountable. Why? Because we want everybody to be blessed. I, I mean, I want to know that I got the full force of heaven behind me. Glory to God. And one of the things that we got to understand is that sin hinders that. And so what Paul was addressing here was people that was thinking, they said, well, look, I'm saved by God's grace. He saved me. I, I, you know, I, and he did all this wonderful. Thing. How, why can't I just go ahead and just do what I do? He says, God forbid. He says, or have you forgotten that when we became Christians and were baptized to become one with Christ, that we died with him? In other words, you came into the kingdom, you died to yourself, you no longer can live for yourself no more. That is, that is not, that is an absent message. He says, if you want to find your life, here's what you do. You get rid of it. You lose it. You want to find it? You lose it. And sometimes we try to hold on to it, and it is a hindrance. And, and here's the thing. You may say, Pastor, well, what do you get? I mean, what, 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 what does God, does God handle sin? And did you not know that God disciplines his children? How many of you parents, like, you discipline your kids? I do. <laughs> you know, I hate disciplining my kids. I hate, you know, I, I hate, they don't believe this. But I hate having to spank them more than they hate getting it. 
I absolutely, in fact, there's a lot of times I delay it. I'm thinking, look, how can I get out of this? Because I told them if they do it again, I have to do this. So I got to be a person my word. God, can I think of a way to try? Because I really don't want to do this. I really don't because I love them and I don't want to hurt them. I, I, I don't want to do anything. I, I, I love them and I'm always trying to figure out a way to get out of spanking. I make a process. You're in, you're grounded for the whole weekend. Daddy, can I go out and play? And I'm looking at the kids. I'm looking. I'm like, and that's it. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Maybe I need to resend this. You know, but I, you know, maybe I just, maybe I was too harsh. But understand, God says he disciplines his children. God judges. Watch this. Look at Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 26 and 30. This is an Elu Living translation, I believe. And I love this. Hebrews chapter number 10, verses 26 through 30. Now watch this. Now I want you to hear what they're saying here. Dear friends, if we, now understand, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. He says, now if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive full knowledge of the truth. Now this is the person who hears the truth, who knows what the word of God says, but then decide that they're going to go against the word of God. All right. This is not a person that did it out of ignorance. They didn't know. This is the person that has full knowledge, understands what the word of God says. And now is going to still make a conscientious decision to disobey. Watch what he says. He said, if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive uh, full knowledge of the truth, there is no other sacrifice that will cover these sins. There will be nothing. Watch this to look forward to. But the terrible expectation of God's judgment. How many know it rains on the just? It rains on the unjust. And the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses, now he's doing a contrast, was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. But now watch this. For those of us who think that grace is a little bit less of a punishment. He says, think how much more terrible the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant as if it were common or unholy. Such people have insulted and enraged the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to his people. For we know the one who says, watch this, I will take vengeance, I will repay those who deserve it. Watch this. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Now, he's talking about the church. He's talking about us. I remember the Bible said the judgment must first begin in the house of the Lord. If we're going to be people effective about preaching holiness in a society that is unholy and unrighteousness, how many know it got the first start here? That we got to live out what we want to see out in the earth. The Bible says, your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done. His will is going to be done as we allow his kingdom to be lived out through us. So then we can't allow our senses to get dull when we see all these perverse things on the TV. I know they're saying that all these things are allowed. Society has come up with their own rules, their own regulations. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Men in this world, they are blind. 
And I believe that we're coming to a point in time where the real Christians are going to have to make a decision. Are we going to sit idly by and say, you know what, uh, you know, everybody else is doing it. It must be cool. It must be okay. If God says it's wrong, it is wrong. And if God says that this is the way we're supposed to do it, how many know this is the way that we're supposed to do it? We can't change a generation out there until the generation in here is changed. And so we got to be able to deal with the sin that is in our own lives. We got to be able to say, Lord, I have some problem. I have some issue. You know, I have some secret sins that, that nobody else knows about. How many know that nothing is really secret? The Bible says, be sure. To know that your sin at some point is going to chase you down. And you know how the devil does it when he exposes sin? You know, the devil always try to put you up there nice and loud so that the whole world can look at you and say, wow, look at that. That's how many know you got people on a job? Every time they think you sin, you know, because they, they, you know, people in the world sometimes, they can manufacture some sins on you, brother. You know, they look at you, they, you're supposed to be a Christian. You, he, you, you did that, you know, and they always, and I'm like, well, what theology, what school did you go to? What Bible you, I mean, have you been to church? And these folks never been to church, but they, they, because they are there because it's the slander, because the Bible, watch this. The Bible says that the devil, he accuses them day and night. He is called the accuser of the brethren. So he's, so it's an accusing spirit. So even though they're not walking with God, unnecessarily a believer, they are quick to call you out when they think that you have blown it. They're quick. Oh, I thought you I thought you go to church. What what you doing? Wah, 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 wah. All of a sudden, you have an interest in my walk with God now. Not really. It's the spirit. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. So understand, the enemy is always there. He's waiting. The Bible says that he is like a roaring lion, seeking, looking. Waiting to devour you and to expose you and to hang you out to dry. How many know the devil? You play with sin, he will hang you out to dry. You can't toy with sin. I'm telling you that I'm warning you. If you're toying with sin, get away from it. Whether it's lying, whether it's stealing, whether it's deceit, whether it's sexual, whatever it is, whatever that you may have going on, get away. Don't, don't let this thing suck you in because the devil don't play fair. He don't play fair. He hates your life. He hates you because you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. He hates your guts. But yet he want to make you think that he loves you. That if I offer you all of this, I'm going to make your life better. But in actuality, he won't. In Joshua chapter number seven, we read that at the beginning. Um. The people of God, let me give you the backdrop to this story. The people of God was experiencing tremendous victory. I mean, the Bible says that the children of Israel wasn't a very, very large nation. Most of the nations that they went up against were much bigger than they. They were much more stronger than they. And so here, little old Israel, they were just, they were just defeating all of these people, destroying these, these countries, because now they're, about, they're, they're moving into the land of promise that God had promised them. So now they just come off of the heels of a victory in Jericho. How many of you remember the story of Jericho? Kids, you know the story of Jericho? March around the wall? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Do you remember the story of Jericho? So they marched around the wall on the seventh day. You know, he told them to shout. And when they shouted, the wall came tumbling down. How many of you know that's a God thing? 
You don't just walk around shouting and walls fall unless God is with you. And God, and so, so they experienced tremendous victory. And God gave them, watch this, instructions. See? Now, when God gives you instructions, I mean, no, the, the instructions are given to us to obey. Right? He gave instructions. He says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Uh, you all get all the spoil, but the gold, the silver, and the bronze, uh, don't touch that. That's going into the treasure of the Lord. That's holy. Don't mess with that. Now, uh, uh, you know, the other stuff, go, go at it. We can have it. But the stuff in the treasury, don't, don't, you know, the, the gold, the silver, and the bronze, don't mess with that. That belongs to the Lord. And so now, there was somebody in the camp. We all know him as Achan. I think everybody knew about Achan. Achan decided that, well, you know, nobody else knows. You know, um, he looked around. He says, uh, look at all this spoil. Um, you know, you know, in fact, God, God really want me to be brassed. I mean, surely God don't mind if I get a little bit of silver and gold for myself. I mean, after all, I fought for it. You know, oh, no, after all, I've been faithful to God. I've been serving him all this time. I, I deserve it. You know, God, surely he don't mind. I mean, come on, this I just get a little bit. Nobody would know about this little sin that I got over here. Nobody would know that I disobeyed God. I'll just keep it, and I'm going to tell a couple people, but don't nobody else say nothing. So he takes some stuff, and he hides it. I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to read it. It'll take too long. So he takes some stuff, and he, he hides the stuff. And, uh, and then they got to go fight a little battle called, uh, go fight a little nation called Ai. And you know that small Ai. So they sent some spies over the land. Now, they've been, they've been beating nations with hundreds of thousands of people. And they said they sent up a couple of spies to come back and say, Joshua, you don't need to even send that many people up. Ain't but a few. Just send maybe two or three thousand. That's about it. Because this, this is going to be pretty easy compared to what God has been delivering us from so far. This is nothing. This is a piece of cake. You know, they go up to AI and little AI kick their butts. And Joshua who is the leader, who's a man of God, who have been experiencing victory over victory. One of the ways you know God is with you is that you just keep on being victorious. Yeah, you, you have some battles, but you just keep on popping right out bottom. No matter what, you, you stumble a little bit, but you just, it just seems like God is with you because you always come out on top. Joshua said, Lord, what, what, why would you bring us all the way out here and this happened? I, I thought you said that you were going to, you were going to give us the land. How, 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 what's happening? I mean, we're losing now. And God said to him, and, and, and what, what verse is it? Joshua chapter number seven. You're there already? Joshua chapter number seven. I got to get back there because I moved. He says to Joshua, get up. Get up. Why, why are you talking to me? Why, why are you? Joshua, like, we talk. He said, Israel of sin. They have been sinning. And I told them, I gave them clear destruction. Get up. You got an accursed thing among you. Now, what is the accursed thing? The accursed thing is very simply put, the thing that God says, don't touch and don't do. It's accursed. God says, don't touch it. I gave them instruction. But somebody decided that they could sweep this under the rug and they could hide it. And nobody else will find out about it. Now, just, now so you, you have your Bible. I don't think you have it on the screen. But look at verse number 21 in that same chapter. So when I saw this, this is Achan, the guy who took this stuff. Now, he says, now, when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment and 200 sickles of silver and a wedge of gold and weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them. 
And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. That brother, just, he buried it right up under the ground. I'm going to, the Lord done bless me. That's pretty bold. He should maybe like move it like way somewhere else, like, a, like another state, and come back another day. This brother just bit right up under the ground, right where everybody is. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with a silver under it. And a long story short, they end up stoning that brother. He died. Now, you say, man, that's pretty harsh. Well, God is serious about obedience. And, and understand, you know, that never changed. God has been serious about obedience and obeying his word since the beginning of time. It's the same God in the old, it's the same one in the new. Because I'm giving you an Old Testament example, and then I'm going to get ready to give you a New Testament example. But, but here's what I want you to see. He thought, here's the thing that we got to understand about sin. Watch this. When you think it's just only about you, it's not just about you because it affects everybody. What Achan did affected the entire move of God because there was sin in the camp. And he was probably thinking like some folks, ain't nobody know, it's just me. I mean, God, why don't you just judge Achan? Why, why does a whole, why do everybody have to suffer? Well, the Bible says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. And and if you let sin go and go unchecked, do you have a whole, for the for, for purposes of this message, you have a whole church full of people that just just willfully disobeying God. Now, we, we understand. We want to have a culture of grace here. We talk about that. We think it's important that people know that when they fail, that they can get restoration. But at the same time, we don't want to trample over the grace of God and insult the grace of God by doing stuff that we know is wrong and we decide to do it anyhow because your sin can affect my blessing. So, so watch this. So you got to so look at the neighbor and say, don't sin. Don't. Look at the neighbor. Tell him, don't sin. Look at somebody because you're hindering my blessing. And I'm not going to let you hinder my blessing. That's right. And that's the way we got. Listen, I, listen, sin will hinder the entire move. The whole move of God was stopped. But then as soon as they got rid of the accursed thing, as soon as they got rid of it, guess what? The victory came. The victory came. The victory came because they decided to obey God. And, 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 and whether you're li- here or whether you're listening by tape or on the Internet or whatever your mode of listening and communicating is, understand that For example, parents, what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. You ever look at your you ever look at your kids sometimes? And you see some of you in them, and it drives you nuts. Because in actuality, you get that they got a little bit of you in there. And you're thinking, I don't like that because that's that part of you. So here's the thing that we gotta understand: that what we what we do. Privately, and I don't care what it is, whether it's, it's lying, deceiving, ste- like, like in this case, it was, the brother was lying, right? He was being deceptive. He was stealing. He took what belongs to the Lord. How many know you can't take what belongs to the Lord? It'll come back and bite you. 
And the whole thing, and, 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 and in our homes, if we are involved in any kind of sin, secret sin, understand this, that that thing can come back and it can affect our whole entire life. And we're trying to figure out why I'm not blessed, what's going on, because God is testifying against you that what you're doing is wrong. And it'll make you want to stop from what you're doing when you realize that your sin is hurting a whole lot of people. And it's a terrible thing to see that people who are involved in, sinful, in a sinful lifestyle, whatever it is they're doing, and then they realize how many people they hurt. Can you imagine? I'm not trying to make an excuse for this brother. I don't know what his faith is. I don't think he's a Christian, but I could be wrong. But can you imagine how Tiger Woods feel? How much he lost? You know, he, he was all these girls, all these women having a good time. Nobody knows. But think about the pain that he caused. And can God restore when we blow it? He can. But, you know, there are still consequences for our actions. See, the devil don't tell you that. The devil will tell you, oh, God forgive you. Go ahead, do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. God will forgive you. You know, he's a God of grace. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. You know, he'll love you. Just... But he don't tell you that you still have to pay up. The wages of sin is what? Death. The gift of God is eternal life. So sin, you have to pay up. The devil don't want to tell you that. He want to tell you, just go ahead and do it. And the whole time your life is being shortchanged, the blessing that God wants to bring us to and where he wants to take us to is being hindered because we got this thing going on and we're not right with God. David said it this way in Psalm 139. David said it this way. I love how David, David says, search me, O God, and know my thoughts. Know me. Try me. If there is any wicked way in me, lead me to the path of righteousness. You know what that means? There is in all of us, there are hidden compartments. Jeremiah said it this way. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? See, that's why it's good to be around other people, because when you become an island unto yourself and you become yourself, and you just be by yourself. You can convince yourself that you're righteous <laughs> until you get around other people. I mean, you know, other people have a way of bringing out the worst in you sometimes, you know, get in relationships. You have to deal with people. You, it's just a revelation. You just kind of see where you really are. But there was a humility about David. David says, search me, God. Will you please take a look? Because I think I'm right, but I know I got some hidden problems in here. And God, if there's something in me that is not right, I need you to fix it. There was a humility about that man that recognized that even on my best day, I still had the propensity to sin against God and not even know it. So that's why humility is always said, don't be quick. And sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, and perhaps, you know, maybe no one here, but, you know, a person can hear a message like this and instantly they can throw up the guards. I don't have no sin problem. Not me. I got it all together. We talking about me? No, I'm good. I'm good. But if you're really humble, you say, I don't think so, but Lord, just in case, could you like... Ring my bell and let me know. And Acts chapter number five, this is our last passage of scripture, and then we're going to be done. Now, that was an Old Testament example of how God deals with sin. Now, somebody may say, well, that was Pastor Gary. That was the Old Testament. You see, in the New Testament, God is much, much more loving. He's much, much more kind. He don't punish sin like he used to do in the Old Testament. You see, God's not like that. See, he changed. Did he really? The Bible says that he's the same today, yesterday, 
and forever. But look at Acts chapter number five. So here's a similar situation. The church of God is being blessed. Thousands of people are getting saved, baptizing the Holy Spirit. Lives are being changed. People got their money. If you read the preceding verses, people, listen. Now, this, do you know these people are anointed? These people were taking their proceeds. They were selling their property, selling their houses, their land. And they were bringing all of it back to the church and say, okay, y'all do what you need to do with it in order to serve the purposes of God. How do you know that's a strong anointing there? When you get a whole group of people to sell everything they got. Now, I'm not talking about cult, you know, I'm not, you know, like what Jim Jones did. How do you know what Jim Jones did was just devilish, demonic? We're not talking about that. So don't get that mixed up. But, but there, was, there was a common theme in these people. They understood the blessing of God. They were sensing the move of God. Things were happening. God was blessing. And, and, and look what happens here in Acts chapter number five. Here come Ananias and Sapphira. Now, they sound like a pretty couple, don't they? Ananias and Sapphira. Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, watch this, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, his wife also being aware of it. In other words, Sapphira also being aware of it, aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remains, was it not your own? And after it was so, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, watch this, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. I'm not making this stuff up, people. So great fear. How many know that's why it was done? Great fear came upon all those who heard those things. How many know I would have been like, you know, brother just died just for lying. Come on. And the young man rose, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. But look, he says, now it was about three hours later. Three hours later, now this is a bad, you know, this is a bad day. You're having a bad day. Three hours later, when his wife came in, Sapphira, not knowing what happened. She didn't know what happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet, watch this, and breathed her last. And a young man came in, found her dead, carrying her out, buried her by her husband. Now, that is, you would say, well, isn't that a little bit dramatic? You would say, isn't that a little dramatic that, that something like that would happen? But what God was trying to do, God was trying to send a message. And he was the Bible said that great fear came upon the whole church. That God was serious about sin. And when Ananias and Sapphira lied, how did they lie? They lied because they said, well, we just we're doing what everybody else is doing. We're taking everything we got and we're bringing it just like everybody else is. 
We, you know, we're just being like, they, 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 they were deceiving people, making them think, and they got called out. And, and basically, they died of heart attacks. Their hearts just stopped breathing and just died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. They was lying. Now, all of us got to understand and all of us got to recognize and realize that sin has consequences. Let's, let's, let's get that down in our spirit. Sins have consequences. And when we disobey God, when we willfully disobey God, at some point, it's going to catch up with us. And it may not be pretty. Now, I said this by way of warning. That, that this is the Holy Spirit is warning all of us that we need to look at our lives. Now, maybe there's some sin that you're involved in, something the Holy Spirit has been telling you about, that you need to get this right. You need to get this right. And, 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 you know, God is gracious. He's merciful. But he's warning you because he loves you. And this is his chance. He's saying today, if you know that there's something there, then let's get this right today. Let's get it cleaned up and let's move on. This is God's warning to all of us. This is his warning. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.